Anthony Black and Nick Smith Jr. are both guards out of Arkansas, but I only think one will thrive in the NBA, and the Pelicans might be able to draft him. I'll let you know which one in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, final show of the week. We're Crushing the draft coverage here, if I do say so myself, on Locked On Pelicans, giving you all the insights you want to know. We'll look at two players, Anthony Black and Nick Smith Jr., both out of Arkansas, and I'll give you an update on some of the draft workouts for the Pelicans that are going on this week, next week, probably next couple of weeks, too. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this completely free. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You want to support the channel? You don't need to give money or anything like that. Just become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube and comment down below on YouTube. So let's get right into this. Two players out of Arkansas. Makes sense to kind of combine them into a show. Anthony Black and Nick Smith Jr. I'll be honest with you. I like one of these guys. One is going to go earlier than the other. And I think it is the wrong choice. So let's start with Anthony Black. The guy who's expected to go higher. This is, if you're looking for a floor general, a point guard for the Pelicans, this is your guy that they maybe would be able to draft. You're not going to get Scoot Henderson. You're not going to get Eamon Thompson. You're probably going to have to settle for a guy like Anthony Black. He is very much a connector and a passer. If you remember Lonzo Ball's tenure here, looks a lot like that. Looks a lot like him. And plays a lot like him too. Is great in fast break, in transition, reads defense as well, makes the right pass, has very high basketball IQ and sees things developing out there. He can run the pick and roll for the team too. Snakes left and right really well, but unlike Lonzo Ball and in a positive for Anthony Black, is a very good finisher around the rim. Uses his body well, absorbs contact and draws fouls and goes to the line. And he's also got very good size. This is a guy that measured out at six foot six with a six eight wingspan with pretty good weight and strength for him too. And in college, he averaged 12.8 points per game, almost four assists, shot well enough from the field at 45%. Not so good from three. We'll get into that in a second here though. But you're not bringing him in to do that. You're bringing him in to run the offense. Defensively, he's also... Actually pretty impressive. He presses the point of attack really well. Goes at guys, is aggressive, forces turnovers, which lets him thrive a little bit because when he forces that turnover, he's pushing this team in transition. You remember some of those like full court lobs that Lonzo Ball would throw, those lobs that were like 40 feet to Zion Williamson. Nick, uh, it's not Nick Smith Jr. Anthony Black is the guy that's going to do that. The problem is... He's not a great scorer. 
He's not a great scorer, and he's not going to probe the defenses a ton and break down guys off the dribble to create for others that way. He's very much a connector. While Lonzo Ball had a lot of passes and other things, it was great, but it didn't exactly translate to winning. And you look at him and you're like, how much is he going to really be able to contribute? And is this what this team needs? And I think that same question is around a guy like Anthony Black. You can pass. That's great. You got to be able to score and be a threat so that teams don't play four on five, which you're forcing yourself into a little bit. And I'll talk more about Nick Smith Jr. in the next segment here. But I'll tell you, I like Nick Smith Jr. much, much more than Anthony Black. I get the Lonzo Ball comp, and I see why that's a thing. I think he's a fine player, but how much more is he going to be able to do at the NBA level? And if you don't have a three-point shot or even a mid-range shot, how useful are you? And when you think about this player in terms of the Pelicans in the context there and things like fit, which again, you know, it's debatable if you want to be drafting for fit, but I think given what the Pelicans have, maybe that's the direction they need to go. Is this what they need? You know, are you going to put Anthony Black out there this season, next season, three years from now? And is he going to be running the offense and you're going to have Zion working off ball, Ingram off ball, and CJ McCollum working off ball? Or would you rather point Zion and put the ball in his hands or point Ingram and put the ball in his hands. And when you look at a guy like Dyson Daniels, isn't that a lot of what Dyson Daniels does? He's a passer. He's a connector. He can run the pick and roll, or at least did coming into the NBA. Is there some redundancy there that the Pelicans just don't truly need? You know, a floor general is great. But do the Pelicans need that? I think they could use another like secondary ball handler, sure. But when you look at this guy, does he create offense for himself? No. Does not create a lot of separation between him and defenders. So it does, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, when you look at what he's gonna do, he's gonna defend well. He's a solid enough athlete, but as a shooter off the dribbler, when he's gonna have the ball in his hands, he's gonna be looking to pass. And that makes you so much easier to defend, which is why I don't know what his NBA future is exactly going to be. And this is someone that I think most people have going within the top 10, the top 14 guys. And I really do not see it with um, Anthony Black. Wingspan's great. The size is good. They're both big guards here, but just missing something for me and what you need at the NBA level. Like his mechanics from his shot are not great. There's a little hitch there. They're kind of, it just looks like heavy movements. And players are going to go under screens on him, sag off, and limit his driving. So is he even going to be able to draw fouls and get to the line like he did at the collegiate level? And I don't think so. And that gives me a lot of worry about adding another non-shooter or someone that doesn't really, in my opinion, have the ability to develop into a shooter onto this Pels team. What do you think? Do you agree or disagree? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube what you think about Anthony Black. Because while I don't like Anthony Black, I really like Nick Smith Jr. Let's take a look at him, talk about him coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. 
Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You like the Nuggets? Throw a bet on them. You got nothing to lose. You like the Miami Heat with the upset getting better odds? Throw a bet on them because you know what? You lose, it's okay. You get up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So there's no better place to bet all the NBA Finals action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500, $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA and the official sportsbook of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, giving you the draft insight of what they might do at 14. We'll talk about draft workouts, a couple other draft-related things in general to the team in the third segment. But today we are looking at the two guards out of Arkansas. Don't really love Anthony Black, but I absolutely love Nick Smith Jr. If you're looking for another go-to score in the half court, this is your guy. He's very similar to Kobe Bufkin, who we talked about earlier in the week, and I said I love and could see being a future six-man of the year. When you watch Nick Smith Jr. play, who is a very high recruit for Arkansas, same for Anthony Black, too, but he was higher, Nick Smith Jr., This dude's got a lot in his bag already. He's got a very tight handle that allows him to create some instant offense for himself. The exact kind of player the Pelicans need. He's got many moves in his bag. He's been an inconsistent shooter. His points per game in at Arkansas were 12 and a half points per game. Didn't shoot particularly great from the field, 37.6%, 34% from three overall. But when they got into conference play, the three-pointers picked up and he started taking even more of them too, 36.4%. You know, his mechanics look fluid. And I think this is a guy that's going to develop into a good shooter at the NBA level. Maybe a little bit inconsistent and inefficient to start his career, but when you have size like he does at six foot five with a six eight wingspan, those are the type of things that make you go, "Oh, okay." He's also pretty young. He's barely 19 years old right now. And so when you watch him play, this is a guy that you really see a lot of talent in and is going to be able to become a good scorer at the NBA level. Some of the NBA comps that I've seen from him are Jamal Murray or Tyler Hero. Yeah, you want one of those guys on the New Orleans Pelicans. Just a very smooth-looking athlete. There's a fluidity to his shooting mechanics and the way he moves out there on the court. And he's got layups, floaters, pull-ups, anything you kind of need. Catch and shoot as well. And he can finish at the rim ambidextrously with both his left and right hand. That's the type of guy that you really want. When, When you watch him play for what the Pelicans need, especially if you're kind of looking at the guard wing position, You want someone who is just a go-to scorer. That's what he is. He's an on-ball guy. So you run him with the second unit. You don't need him playing a ton with Zion, B.I., C.J. Let him lead that second unit. He can still slot in with those guys because he does work off-ball. If you look at, and the NBA, I'm recording this before game one starts. I'll post this before game one starts. 
if you're listening to this in the next like two hours, it's 530 right now, or, or watch game one, watch the rest of the finals. Look at how much they use Jamal Murray off ball as a cutter, even though what? He's best as a go-to score, right? You give him the ball, you let him cook and do his thing. But he works well off ball too. That's what Nick Smith Jr. does. Tyler Hero, you need him to be your six man off the bench, go-to score, go ahead. Can play with the starters, close games, but he's working off ball too. Exactly. That's why you see these comps being him. And so you let him cook with the second unit, figure some things out. But if you need another score out there on the court, cool, you can throw him out there with, with Zion and be in that rotation. And I like that out of a guy like this. You know, he hasn't shown a ton of playmaking at Arkansas. Instead, just kind of going and doing his thing. But with the way he moves... I think this is a guy that can really eventually kind of be a creator enough for other players on this roster. So the fit makes a ton of sense there. The mechanics make a ton of sense there. He can score inside. He can score from mid-range. He can score from three. Again, very similar player to Kobe Bufkin, in my opinion. He's a good defender. You know, he's not the strongest guy. So you're going to see teams target him in pick and rolls, try and force switches and get advantages there. But he has the work ethic defensively, and he's an above-average athlete, so I think he'll be able to be fine. I don't think he's a bad defender. I think he's going to project as a plus defender at the NBA level. You know, he got a little ball-hoggy at times at Arkansas, I think. But again, if you're letting him work with the second unit with this team, like he's not going to come in and be like, I need the ball over Zion Williamson. So I think when you look at a guy like him, Kobe Bufkin, either one's a really good choice for New Orleans, just given the versatility that they bring to this team. Unlike a guy like Jordan Hawkins, that's kind of a little bit more one-dimensional, or even Grady Dick, who, okay, he's a wing, kind of different positions here, but does one thing particularly well. And that's kind of it. I want more versatility to the players that the Pelicans are drafting, which also then gives you more options for and flexibility for the future whenever certain players might be leaving, whoever and whenever that situation might arise. And I think that's a useful type of guy to get. I do think in this like 8 to 14, 16 range, there's a lot of value to be had. And I think Nick Smith Jr., who's going to be available in that range, is going to be one of them. I'll be very curious as the pre-draft process plays out if he eventually jumps Anthony Black in a lot of mock drafts and a lot of NBA big boards. Speaking of big boards, one, go listen to, and you can see it here, watch next, and uh, Locked On NBA Big Board. It's some of the best draft coverage around. Those guys will also be on the show in the coming weeks as well. Three amazing draft experts who are all at the Combine talking to people. So I'm excited to get their insight on some of the players that I've profiled here and see what they think the direction the Pelicans should go in. And I'll also be doing my own big board. And if you want to get involved with the show, I've got a way. And I'll let you know what that is coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here. Monday through Friday for y'all. No one else comes to you like this, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, giving you the draft coverage that you're not getting anywhere else. All completely free, Monday through Friday. We're still here. It's the off season. A lot of people are taking breaks, not putting out as much content and other things like that, or kind of struggling, right? We don't get super hot takey on here. I'm just giving you the insight you want on this team. And if you want to get involved with the show, 
one, become an everydayer so you know who we're talking about. And two, we, last year we did a community mock draft where we got enough people to fill out every single team in the league. Some of y'all got to make multiple picks. You get a team, however many picks they have, you're going to be doing no trades or anything like that. Just make picks when it's your turn. And give me a sentence or two or three on why you drafted that player. So if you want to be involved, let me know on Twitter. Don't post in the comments down here because they can get buried. Let me know on Twitter, at Nola Jake. You can also DM me or just reply to a tweet there too. And we'll try and make it happen. Should have enough room for most people that want to do it or we'll get make sure we get you next year if that's the case. This was fun. Turn it into a show. You'll hear your pick read out here and the reasoning for that, maybe even two shows or so. So it was a lot of fun, and some people nailed those picks. Y'all know the draft. So come get involved with Locked on Pelicans, the community mock draft that we'll be doing. So, speaking of draft, draft coverage, like I said, giving it to y'all here that no one else is bringing it to you like this. The Pelicans are holding draft workouts this week and next. I don't have specific names for you yet. That'll be coming. But players are in town. They're being scheduled. They're going to be working out a lot of guys. They, they do this a lot. Some you'll look at and be like, huh? Some will make sense. Some will be trade-up targets too. Some players, like Shaden Sharp, will decline workouts with the team also. This is all part of the pre-draft process. If you're out in New Orleans going to fancy dinners in the CBD in the French Quarter, you might even see some of these guys out there, to be perfectly honest with y'all. They're around the city. It's pretty cool to see. This is... What they do, some of the names that you're like, wait, why are they looking at that guy? That's not there in 14. It's a lot of this is not just this pre-draft prospect process is important, not just for drafting a guy, but if you want to trade for a guy in the future, you know, and just having more data on players and seeing them there. And these pre-draft workouts can be really important during COVID. And this was before the show was on YouTube here. I told you the very true behind-the-scenes story of why the New Orleans Pelicans and Dell Demps drafted Buddy Heald over Jamal Murray. Buddy Heald 6th to the Pels, Jamal Murray 7th to the Denver Nuggets. A draft workout swung that. Jamal Murray's draft workout swung that. Go look that show up if you haven't. It's the type of coverage you only get here on Locked on Pelicans where I can tell some of those stories. Very true of what happened, why the Pelicans chose Buddy Heald over Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, who's in the finals and looks really good for the Denver Nuggets right now. Oh, what could have been? Though the, the DeMarcus Cousins trade wouldn't have happened if they had drafted Jamal Murray instead of Buddy Heald because the Kings owner... Uh, really wanted Buddy Heald, and that made that trade happen. That was something, y'all. So, these draft workouts can be important, but it's also important for them for the future, just have more data on players for some people that might be in trades in the future. And also, even though the Pelicans don't have a second-round pick this year, you know, you go heavily after undrafted guys right after, and New Orleans has done a very good job of targeting those undrafted guys. Kenrich Williams, Najee Marshall, Jose Alvarado. We could kind of go with a couple of other names in there too. And they've done a good job with that. So working at some of these names and you're like, that guy, that one's not even on someone's top 60 big board somewhere. It, it can still be very useful because the Pelicans have done a good job with development when it comes to that. So when you hear some of these names, don't always think it means a trade up or trade down or trading into the second round. I doubt they'll want to make a second round pick. 
you know, it might just be a body they want to bring in for summer league and see if someone catches on too. So these draft workouts can be pretty important for players' futures. And even if it might not seem like it at the time, the future of the team, where would they be without Jose Alvarado, right? Where would they even be without a guy like Najee Marshall, who's been very good for them at times, at times, very clearly a ceiling on that kind of player though. So you'll hear a lot of names out there. We'll start to know who they're really targeting at 14 in another two weeks. I think the past couple of years, you could kind of see really what they wanted to try and do last year. It was just almost telegraphed, right? That they were picking Dyson Daniels with that pick. So we'll see where they go from here, and I'll start to get some of the names and share them with y'all of who they are working out, and it's going to be a lot of fun. The draft prospect process is a lot of fun. I can't wait, and we'll have more. We'll also to answer your questions. Let's look at Leonard Miller on Monday, though. I think that's one of the more interesting players in the draft. So that's coming up if you're an everydayer. That's going to do it for this week of Locked On Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Thank you all for listening. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'll be back with you all on Monday.